time for our second hour roundtable on America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. More talking truth about America. And welcome back to the second hour. I just love that guest we had on at the end of the last segment, last hour, Dr. Everett Piper. You know, these kind of conversations are, um, I think they're happening in households around the country. I think that parents are thinking, gee, I sent my child off to college and am I going to get somebody back uh, from college who thinks that, you know, the purpose in life is to discuss, you know, um, <laughs> you know, someone's feelings about someone else's feelings about something that isn't even true historically. And they're going to feel like they are just uh, they're snowflakes and they are triggered. They can't have a meaningful, substantive conversation about issues because they think that the, the highest goal of any conversation is being assured that no one's offended. I mean, this is literally what, what we are talking about. And so I loved having Dr. Piper on. And um, I, I might later in the show get to some of the stories that uh, we're dealing with now with respect to, you know, all the allegations about Chris Matthews and Harvey Weinstein and everybody in between and all sorts of people uh, in Congress and in, in um, public life. Because, you know, I, I don't think the tawdry details are worthy of anyone's actual consideration. Um, but I do think that the as a, as a society to be able to be um, not just talk about we do need to talk about the importance of not victimizing women, of not, of not, you know, uh, of, of sexual harassment always being inappropriate. But the deeper thing is, you know, do we really like the society we have created out of decades of trying to separate morality from human adult intimacy? Somehow that we are just, we're, we're too advanced a civilization to be concerned with something silly like morality. Because I think that really is at the core of it. But love Dr. Piper. Loved his point about consent, too. I had not even thought about that. Of is like the highest moral standard now being articulated is, well, well it was consensual. Versus, you know, what personal responsibility do I have for my conduct? Okay, but this is the top of the second hour. I'd always do a cruise to the news. I have a bunch of great things if I had a show. Every day I would spend a bunch of time on each of these stories, but I'm going to just hit a couple of them. One is over the weekend, there were, you know, hundreds of Americans who engaged in this beautiful annual tradition of putting a Christmas wreath, a Christmas wreath on many, um, I think all of the uh, tombstones at Arlington National Cemetery and here in Dallas and probably in other places where if you're, where you're hearing this show, people honored upcoming Christmas by putting a Christmas wreath um, on, uh, on the um, grave markers for um, our soldiers who were lost in, in all sorts of wars. So that, that just is a beautiful thing. Um, there were a... Um, you know, from famous people to everyday people to family members to total strangers, just in honoring that as we get to Christmas season, all these people who lost their lives, um, you know, in serving our country, they left behind moms and dads and, and siblings and children and who will never have a Christmas again with them. So the idea of just having this uh, Christmas wreath around the country, uh, I thought it was a beautiful thing. And so thank you to everyone who did that. I just love the sentiment of that. I love the respect for our our soldiers. Okay, next story, unrelated totally, but do you remember when President Trump said that in order to try to just break the regulatory stranglehold on America's businesses, and, you know, it's one of the things he ran on, and one of the things he can do, despite the absolute unwillingness, (laughs) pretty much, of the Republican in the House and Senate of actually helping President Trump get his agenda done. Again, if this tax bill is passed this coming week, which would be a wonderful thing, first 
major legislative achievement of the entire year uh, when we, Republicans hold a majority in the House and Senate. Not not impressive, but President Trump plowed forward anyway and did a lot of wonderful things for America through regulation. One thing he promised was that every for every new regulation added, he would require the agency adding a new regulation to cut two regulations. But... Agencies got way ahead of him. These are people now, agencies now run by, at least at the head of the agency, now run by his appointee. The agencies blew that two-to-one goal out of the water, instead eliminating unnecessary rules at a clip at a pace of 22 to 1. This is good. This is why the economy is booming. This is why there's so much consumer confidence. This is why businesses are growing. It's why businesses are being created. Because people finally feel like someone in Washington not only isn't out to get them all the time, but is actually wanting to encourage encourage the growth of businesses which employ people. Okay, another cruise to the news unrelated to the first two. There was actually a, a, a professor, an alleged professor, can't even really get serious about it, wrote a an essay about how the Christmas Carol Jingle Bells has racist background, a racist history to it, and was saying it shouldn't be sung because uh, Jingle Bells had some racist history originally performed decades ago um, in some way, apparently in a racist way, um, with respect to African Americans. And you know, folks, this actually denigrates the true victims of racism because there is racism in every culture, and there is some in America too. And so you have some goofball professor talking about Jingle Bells, which is sung by many choirs of all backgrounds in this country. And yet we have her writing about that and trying to act like she's made some big, big point. Okay. Um, And then the other one, I just, I I don't have time to do it justice, but it's kind of a funny thing given what we're talking about with Dr. Piper. But there's now, there's a term, an intersectional feminist, intersectional, and has to do with, you know, just every goofball theory out there about identity, but intersectional, intersectional feminist, someone wrote 10 things, a list of 10 things every intersectional feminist should ask on a first date. And I have to tell you, on our website, americacanwetalk.org, I put up a link to Andrew Clavin's take on this because of the most, you know, just just really, a, just, I have, I'm out of time in this segment. I might finish this up after we come out for the break. There's ridiculous questions that they asked. I'll talk about more later. Don't go away. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. 
They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I'm so glad you've tuned in tonight. We have another guest joining us tonight, um, and she's on the line now. Her name is Rosalind Layton, and I have not met her, but I read about her, and uh, she is, uh, I was excited to have her on because she's a visiting expert at the American Enterprise Institute, which I love, and you know I've talked about that many times. I love what they do, but she is an expert on and can talk to us about this net neutrality development this week. The FCC voted to end the Obama-era net neutrality, and I have some, <laughs> I read so much during the week about how uh, from kind of left-wingers about the world was going to end and the internet as we know it is gone and and so i want to have an actual rational explanation of what the fcc vote meant about ending net neutrality so rosin layton uh, layton hello and welcome to my show 
Hey, thank you, Debbie. It's so nice to meet you and to be with, with your listeners this Sunday evening. I couldn't think of a better place. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad you're here. And I love because uh, I heard someone talking about how you talk about this and just said basically she puts it in common sense terms that people can follow. So would you just tell us, you know, what was net neutrality? What does it mean to consumers to end it? Sure. Well, just very simply, net neutrality is a fancy way to say Internet regulation, just plain and simple. Um, in the, at the end of the Obama years, you know, they left us with a gift of uh, imposing the telephone monopoly rules onto the Internet. Now, if anybody remembers the old days of the rotary telephone, I do, you know, that, um, where there was just having a phone in the home and that was the end-all, be-all. Well, that was kind of the idea with the Internet and that the FCC was going to regulate uh, the prices, was going to decide what kind of technology that we use, and this was going to be all hunky-dory. Well, um, now that we've had a change in administration, the, uh, the, the new FCC chair, Ajit Pai, uh, who knew at the time that was you know, the wrong thing to do, it's also illegal because we, the American people, never gave the FCC the permission to regulate the Internet. Uh, this uh, Congress defines the, the responsibilities of the Federal Communications Commission, and in 1996, the last time they discussed it, they said the Internet should be free and unfettered from state and federal regulation. So those rules that were adopted in 2015 were um, rolled back by a vote of three to two. And uh, so, so that was a good thing. Um, but you can see in the media that there's this hysteria that, as you said, the Internet will come to an end. You'll be sharp paying more fast. I mean, everything that you could possibly think of. So I'd love to break down for you just very quickly. What do they mean by those things? So and actually what, has ha- what they voted on was to end the FCC's ability to regulate the Internet. What they did offer, however, which I think is probably a good thing, is they said that when you buy Internet service, the companies that sell it have to increase their transparency um, disclosures. So however your connection is being managed, what are the um, pricing information, uh, anything that might be important for you as a consumer, that has to be very clear and easily accessible. And the other thing the FCC did is it returned the oversight of the Internet back to the Federal Trade Commission, which has always been in charge until 2015, under the time that we had a wonderful success in America. It was under a lightly regulated framework, bipartisan support in Congress going back for over 20 years. So the Internet wasn't broken in 2015. There was no reason why we had to put utility regulation on it. And so fortunately, that's undone. Um, so I hope that, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of the, in a nutshell. It did make sense. I do want to ask you though, um, because my sense, in, and I'm not an expert in this, but I have had other people on actually when it was first being discussed a year ago more. And, uh, I have had people who were seeing that the, the goal, the, 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 um, effort of the Obama administration to regulate the internet more, uh, was really a potential precursor to, ultimately, potentially, controlling content, controlling, uh, directing people, uh, through, through directing, to controlling the providers, ultimately controlling and limiting content, that, that there may have been a um, nefarious goal. Was that a fair, fair concern? Well, so Debbie, now I see why you have such a great listening community. You're, always, you're a step ahead of the, of the picture. I mean, you're absolutely right. This was the Democratic Party's uh, 
content policy. I mean, when anytime you look at you know, when you think about something, well, all traffic has to be treated the same, what does that mean? Well, that means maybe I prefer to listen to Debbie or I want to watch Fox News or maybe I want to tune in to, you know, uh, Everett, Dr. Everett Piper or whatever. And so I would say I want to prioritize that content myself as a consumer. You would not be allowed to do that under the Obama rules. And the mortal fear of the Democrats and the people who have this party is that free-thinking people will not tune in to NBC News or to CNN or read the New York Times. They will only tune in. I mean, so basically the whole point of content reading the same means that you can't get what you want the way that you want it. You will have to – there's no – advantage that you could you yourself as a consumer could decide so that if you think about it is fundamentally against your rights and your freedom of speech uh, that you can't decide how you want to pay maybe there's offensive content on the internet well unfortunately under net neutrality you're paying for that as well because your pricing has to provision all the garbage that comes out of Hollywood all these kind of things so the the ability to have a free market for content allows consumers to to value what they value, not the government deciding what you should value. And there is a kind of a silver lining in this, you might say. There's now a, a case waiting in the Supreme Court under the First Amendment. Um, an inventor, very important inventor, is suing the FCC over these rules because he's saying that they're violating freedom of speech. Okay, excuse me, I bumped the microphone, sorry. This person is suing the FCC over the previous net neutrality rules that came out under the Obama administration. Is that accurate? Yes, and there's seven lawsuits right now. I mean, in in the... one of the things that these rules, they've hurt a lot of the private investment for small Internet service providers. We have 4,500 Internet service providers in America, and the smallest ones had a very hard time because um, they, they, they stopped uh, investing. They pulled back some of their investments. The local banks wouldn't uh, lend them money because they said, sorry, FCC regulates your, um, your service. They could sh- – add taxes to your to your service they're going to change the speeds requirements and so on it's a risky for us to invest in your company and we're not going to do it so the the other unintended consequence of this was that those companies who are trying to bring competition or deploy networks in rural areas and so forth they have had it even worse so so the irony is you know, when the people stood up and said, oh, we need these rules for more competition and more investment and so on, we got exactly the opposite over the last two years. Okay, I just have an analogy. You can tell me. <laughs> this is so yeah. interesting. I'm so glad you were available to talk to us tonight. So it's a kind of funny thing. I was thinking about Obamacare and how the promise the American left was just let us take control of the entire health care system and the entire insurance industry system, and we'll make everything better uh, less expensive, uh, more comprehensive, uh, j- just more perfect, and obviously the exa- you know obviously the exact opposite has been occurring. I mean, the costs have gone up, the, the struggle has gone up. It's kind of that same mentality uh, on the American left: is just let us control everything, and we promise uh, fairness and reasonable prices. And I mean, okay, it's not a perfect analogy, but it's some it's it a is, kind of good but, analogy, but actually, right? <laughs> it is, Debbie. It's a fantastic analogy. In fact, your great senator from Texas, uh, Ted Cruz, yay. 
called Net Neutrality Obamacare for the Internet. And it's oh, yeah. probably the most apt way to describe it because this is the sense. Everybody gets the same. Well, let me give you your listeners the alternative. You don't want net neutrality. You want Internet freedom. What is Internet freedom? Internet freedom is permissionless innovation. Internet freedom is I'm going to define, I'm going to figure out a new technology to get people online. I'm going to get it better, faster, and cheaper. I'm not relying on the government to give me a rotary phone. I'm going to figure out a better way to skin the cat. That's the first part. The second part is I, the consumer, I should decide what I pay for, how I pay for it. Maybe I want it for free. Maybe I want advertisers to subsidize it. However I do it, but the government's not telling me what I'm supposed to, to watch, what I'm supposed to see, what the price should be, whether it should all be equal or not. Listen, in this world, not all radio shows are equal, right? Not all data is equal. No, Not all content is equal. We shouldn't try to put these, you know, human values onto the Internet. And that's when the FCC tried to impose its view. That's where we hit the First Amendment and freedom of speech because Congress said, our founding fathers, no, the government is not to decide how the networks are supposed to work. That is a, that is a frontal assault on our First Amendment freedoms. Rosalind Layton, you are so good at explaining things. This was excellent. So we're going to uh, go to break pretty quickly here, but you can, can you tell our listeners, I don't know if you've written about this or they can write, read other things you've written or tell them how they can find out more about you. Sure. Well, you can go to AEI.org. That's American Enterprise Institute. All, we have a, um, every day we have a, a blog about tech policy. We try to make it um, short and sweet, but, you know, to the point so people can care about technology policy. It's a very important issue. You can also Google my name. I am uh, have a piece uh, uh, um, of articles that... Okay, we've got to go to break. He's going to cut you off. Rosalind Layton, thank you so very much for calling in. Thank so you. sorry. All right. Bye. Thank you, folks. Come right back. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony List, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. 
Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties. And in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I am so sorry that I had to cut Rosalind Layton short. She was fabulous. She's, again, if, if you weren't able to pick it up, she was brilliant in describing this net neutrality stuff. Um, the recent decision by the FCC, headed by, uh, by Ajit Pai, um, whom I've heard speak several times, and um, trying to kind of break down net neutrality into common sense explanations. And the reason it really matters is this is one of many examples where the American left is out of their minds trying to fight President Trump from ever having any, or, or his administration from having any success whatsoever. Net neutrality, I mean, you, will you, had read some things online and you might have thought in Facebook postings, you might have thought that somehow the Trump administration in, a, in an egregious act of a, you know, power grab, you know, took control and, and, and cheated poor innocent Americans and innocent, you know, providers and, and mistreated them. And, and, and it was just, just, you know, the akin to practically locking them in a dungeon when the simple fact was the internet has functioned just fine for years and years until I think it was the end of 2015 when the Obama administration took action with the FCC being controlled by his party, by the majority of the five commissioners were Democrat, 
uh, issued net neutrality, which was essentially a major league power grab by the left wing um, of this country, by Democrats in this country, to take control of the Internet and to and then become the gatekeeper, become the, the entity that instead of a free market, a free entrepreneurial Internet where people can compete and they can try to compete for your attention, compete for your that they, they took control of it. So you, the individual American, you would have to be the one um, to fight, go to FCC or some entity they appoint, do a mother may I, couldn't I please uh, be on the Internet? Couldn't I do this? I mean, it, it is very akin to, and actually after she said, I remember that was a Ted Cruz's great analogy. It was uh, the net neutrality thing was the Obamacare of the Internet. This is a notion of left-wing people taking control of the um, attempting to take control of the uh, internet and and net neutrality sounds like a nice thing like they're trying to make things neutral and fair in the very same way they tried to make Obamacare sound neutral and fair and wonderful and what it really was was the absolute takeover of the internet in a way that ultimately would put power in the hands of government and fortunately for um, America we had a you know Republican president come along and and get a Republican majority in that commission say no get the government out of especially especially the internet it's it's the access to speech it is the most important modern form of speech it is the way you can get your message out there anybody in the country can you know f- create a website or create a blog or write for some other blog or do a blog a, a radio show from home do a, i mean the, all of that requires the a free internet for you to get on and if we're going to start to agree the government can be in charge of the internet it's like government saying it's like you know or government saying we're going to take control of the newspapers and we'll let you know when you can publish and who can who can have the next newspaper i mean this was so egregious and the typical democrat thing is to put net neutrality but sounds like a nice, you know, making things neutral and fair. It was an absolute, uh, you know, attempt power grab by the uh, Democrats in this country, the left wing of this country, and the people uh, through the FCC and through the choice of President Trump, you know, said, no, actually, you're not going to do this. And and Senator Ted Cruz has been brilliant on this topic. Great um, points he's made in different tweets and, and postings. He's been brilliant on it. So um, anyway, I'm so glad we had her on. Sorry we had to cut her short. She's a visiting scholar at the American Enterprise Institute, AEI.org. I loved her. I'm going to have her on again some other time because I thought she was wonderful. Okay. So, um, and the other thing I want to point out about that neutrality is just understand. In fact, I was thinking about a gift. I'm totally serious. A gift I might buy Nancy Pelosi for Christmas, like mail it to her, which is a thesaurus. You know, the kind of book that gives you... Um, you know, synonyms helps you find new words to use because she's kind of, she's exhausted every hysterical term known to mankind in, in the English language. Everything any Republican does, anything that might come out of the House or Senate, the tax bill, which does increase the tax bill. I mean, for all the Democrats saying they care so very much about low-income Americans and middle-class Americans, they get tax cuts in this bill. They get the uh, the tax credit we were talking about earlier goes to low-income Americans. The point is, it wouldn't matter what tax bill 
the Republican majority in the House and Senate passed, Nancy Pelosi and uh, others of her ilk, really Bernie Sanders being the most vocal on the Senate side. Sh- Schumer's been a little quieter. I don't know what's going on with him. But anyway, they are just, they, they need a, a thesaurus to think of new words because they use the same words over and over and over. Armageddon, you know, the country's being destroyed. And they do it about anything, which makes them kind of like the boy who cried wolf. There's nothing meaningful coming out of Nancy Pelosi's mouth or Bernie Sanders. They're All they're in is auto mode. If the Democrats see something that maybe the Republicans might be getting credit for, they're, they're going to pounce. Okay, so enough on that. The net neutrality thing is a great thing for freedom. It's a restoration of First Amendment freedom for the Internet. Couldn't be a better thing. And recognize that everyone who's been wound up about it is either on the side of government control of access to information or deluded by Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders and and their ilk into thinking that something bad is happening. In fact, this Trump derangement syndrome stuff has gotten uh, many people to the point that anything that comes out of the Trump administration, they could be saying free lunch for everyone for life or whatever they would say, and there would be some sinister, dark calculation. Well, it's really because he's going to... Who knows what they would say? My point really is that, you know, there's this Trump derangement syndrome has gotten to the point of just really kind of, kind of questionable mental health um, on the part of many Americans who just are so determined to think something is amiss with him, something's wrong, something bad is happening. So they're just going to attack and attack and attack and honestly it's become to the point of silliness. So I'm not really buying Nancy Pelosi anything for Christmas. I was kidding about that thesaurus. She needs to find new words because she all she can do is spew out the same words over and over, apply to every new thing that the Trump administration comes up with. All right, all right. Okay, so... I had about three stories I kept saying. I'm going to go back to this, go back to that. I did want to hit tonight, though, um, a little bit about the ongoing Mueller probe, the FBI probe um, of President Trump. And I want to preface it by saying that, you know, right after President Trump was declared the victor last year in the 2016 presidential election cycle, there has been an absolute unrelenting determination to in some way remove him, to take him down. Nothing less. This is what we are seeing in a multitude of contexts. The just going to take this guy down. And so it started with, you know, uh, Nancy, I mean, um, Hillary Clinton just trying to find some reason, some explanation to give for why she lost when, you know, she was uh, everyone in their right minds thought she you know, just knew she was going to be the winner. And and I mean, she was flabbergasted. That is not a good enough word. She was just floored, stunned, outraged that she lost that election. And the Dem- not just Hillary Clinton, but the Democrat machinery ever since then is all about find a way to destroy President Trump. They thought they had it on this Mueller, this accusation of Trump-Russia collusion, which is what Mueller is supposed to be investigating, is what he's supposed to be looking at. And this uh, investigation uh, was about the allegation that somehow the uh, Russians had hacked in to the DNC and they had they had you know committed some sort of act of, of um you know, invading the DNC servers and then uh, providing what they got to WikiLeaks and then WikiLeaks putting it out, making the Trump, making the Hillary Clinton and many of her allies look bad and on and on that Trump was somehow in the middle of it. And we've been over this story so many times in this show, but I, I want to get to a couple points. I'm going to lay the um, foundation here and then come back after the break and talk about it. But just recognize something, a few, th- a few somethings. One, there's still 
has been no proof that the Russians were the ones that hacked into the DNC servers at all. We have agencies, we have federal agencies saying that that's what happened, but none of those agencies has yet been permitted to examine the Democrat Party servers. Do you realize that? The Democrats all this time have said, oh no, no law enforcement, no federal investigation of our servers. No one was allowed. They, the DNC, contracted with some, I can't remember thinking of the name of the group right now, but contracted with some group, let th- that group investigate and analyze the DNC servers and said, oh yeah, yeah, it was ha- they were hacked by the Russians. No proof by any investigative authority in this country. So we didn't know if the Russians hacked. No proof has yet emerged that Donald Trump had any connection of any kind to the um, the allegation uh, to to that um, hack alleged hacking. No no evidence at all that Trump has been um, had any involvement in having Russia in any way impact America's election. Much of what the Democrats came up with in this whole fusion GPS and the Steele dossier, blah blah, has proven to be just ridiculous proof of nothing. And now we have the recognizing more and more members of the Mueller team are just Hillary Clinton bootlicker uh, people who are just on Hillary's side and not about investigating truth. And we come back from the break. I'm going to tell you how bad it is for Robert Mueller and his investigation. Come right back. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed, becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. There is a lot of talk today among media and academia in our culture about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. 
Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Welcome back to America Can We Talk, and thanks so very, very much for tuning in. A lot of weeks I get to this point in the show, and I make this observation that this show is the fastest two hours of my week. It just kills me that we're almost out of time, and there's just so much going on in this country, and I think anyone who listens to this show regularly, you know that my entire purpose in doing this show is to speak up for the unique, great extraordinary nature of America, our exceptional nature as a country, and how we are, we, every generation of patriots, every generation of Americans, we have the job of holding on to American-style liberty, holding on to the idea of America as originally intended, and, and, means it fight it means a fight at many levels in our country because there are always people I mean witness the Democrat Party perfectly willing, able and frankly determined if they could to take over the entire health care system of our country. I mean, and as you, as everyone who's watching and destroying it, I mean, destroying access to care you can afford just, and, and, you know, in fact, oh, by the way, that's one thing in the tax bill, among many other great things in the tax bill was uh, the tax bill actually removes the individual mandate. The tax bill, great idea. And th- in fact, I'm, in the Senate side, Ted Cruz was the one who certainly came up with it and was pushing it. But it was the idea of saying that, you know, part of this tax bill thing, since it was kind of funny because this is what the Supreme Court did in reviewing the case where they upheld the um, the Obamacare uh, constitutionality was they called it a tax. 
So, okay, well, it's a tax. And so, you know, we can be, it can be removed. This mandate can be removed under a tax bill. And so it was. So that's another great thing in the tax bill. That by itself, that adjustment in tax rates is a great thing for that bill. But um, I'm just, my point of all this is that there is a profound need in every generation in America for people who understand the nature of liberty, the nature of America's unique greatness, the notion that we are a country founded, as the Declaration of Independence says, on rights given to us by God simply because we were born, and that we have those rights because we were born, not because someone in government said so. And we have to protect those because there will always be people in this generation on the American left simply determined to take away liberty in one way or another. The healthcare system is one thing. The whole power grab over the Internet, which was net neutrality, the happy, nice name the Democrats came up with, which was essentially Democrat control of First Amendment access, Democrat control of access to the Internet, which is absolute control over the First Amendment. There will always be people fighting for that. So I said before the, this last break that I want to talk about Mueller a little more. Um, you know, the Mueller investigation that allegedly was due to uh, going to investigate into whether President Trump had colluded with the Russians to uh, shape the outcome, impact the outcome of the election in America. So after a year, a year of uh, looking and looking and looking and digging in, you know, and, and they've come up with some things, I guess they can prosecute Manafort for something related to tax disclosure. Nothing to do with Russia. Get clear on that. Nothing to do with Russia. But Mueller is now on a witch hunt way past trying the original mission of trying to decide if President Trump had committed some wrongdoing in his, including with Russia, impacting the election. What Mueller is now very obviously about is finding some basis to bring about the impeachment of President Trump. It is nothing less. It is obvious to more and more people all the time. This investigation just goes on and on and on despite that they're unable to find anything. So in addition to the fact that this has just become a, an effort, this is this is the ongoing effort started the day after the election last year when President Trump won. Hillary Clinton could not believe it. And she said, we're going to, she's basically, we're going to find some way to take this guy out. This is what Mueller is doing. This is what the Mueller investigation now is. And so on Mueller's investigation, it's just really interesting that the latest things that have happened. Uh, first of all, there are some polling data, and America is uh, waking up to this. This was a Harvard Caps, Harvard Caps-Harris poll. So Harvard, hardly ever friendly to the conservative side, but the Harvard had a poll that said 63% of polled voters, these are actual voters, so apparently, you know, should be a little more well-informed, believe the FBI has been resisting providing information to Congress on the Clinton and Trump investigations. Okay, there should, that should be 100% of voters polled think that the Congress is resisting information, uh, that the FBI has been resisting providing information to Congress on the Clinton-Trump investigation, because they have. They won't cooperate. They won't get, just say, no, we're not doing that. Back what I was saying before the break, the DNC has still never even provided their servers to give give access to those servers to NSA, FBI, any actual federal agency to investigate to see if the Russians were even the ones that broke into the DNC servers to start with. We don't know it was the Russians. So if it wasn't the Russians, which could be true, because no one of authority has ever been given access to those servers, the entire Trump-Russia collusion thing is, a, is an absurdity. 
It's completely absurd if, if the Russia didn't do it. Okay, but another polling thing I wanted to share. So 54% of Americans polled, these are voters, say special counsel Mueller has conflicts of interest that prevent him from doing an unbiased job. Okay, really, really important. People are starting to see Mueller is tainted. And I got to tell you some other the things that have come out this week with respect to text messages. Text messages between Peter, I'm going to spell his last name once, S-T-R-Z-O-K, apparently pronounced Strzok, but this, this guy Strzok and this Lisa Page, who was his mistress, they were, at least he's married, I think she was too, but they were having an affair and they're both at justice at the FBI and they're text messaging back and forth on government phones not their personal phones, on government phones, texting back and forth. And you see from the thousands of texts that they texted back and forth, they felt their mission as lawyers and investigators for the FBI was not to find truth. It was to protect America from Donald Trump. To somehow, you know, they felt they were doing some valiant, noble thing. And so this guy, Strzok, was in the middle of the Hillary Clinton investigation when she admittedly and without any question, this is not speculation, set up a private server at home which endangered national security secrets where where she lied over and over saying, oh, nothing confidential ever came in through that private server when of course it did. There were all sorts of, you know, confidential, highly secretive, highly confidential, you know, top ranked, top rating of how secret something can be came through that un- unsecured server really truly threatened the exposure of America's national security secrets utterly selfishly. Strzok is on top of that in that investigation. He's the one giving, um, letting her testify not under oath. He's the one, very importantly, who changed the language because the language in the statute that would have been clearly made her responsible is extremely negligent, and he changed it to something careless. The point of it being he went out of his way to make sure to give a platform for Comey, Director Comey, to say, oh, Hillary, yeah, she you know set the server up and she didn't danger things and she, um, national security secrets, but, you know, just carelessness, nothing intentional, though intent mattered, which it didn't in the law. So this guy's struck in the middle of that. He's in the middle of um, texting his uh, mistress about the um, Trump investigation. And the point of saying all this is that the main reaction of many on the left is not to say, oh my gosh, the FBI has become corrupt. It is not to be concerned about the corruption of the FBI, about what this represents, about investigators whose, you know, pat, whose, whose job is to, in a nonpartisan way, investigate truth, find truth. These people were on a get Trump mission. But the main complaint of the American left is not, oh my gosh, we have a corrupt FBI. The main complaint was that these text messages between these FBI people, which were turned over finally to Congress, uh, that that was an invasion of their privacy. Now, these weren't personal love letters they wrote at home to each other. And these were not, this is government phones texting each other, talking about how they think their mission is to absolutely get Uh, Donald Trump and to make sure that he's removed if he can be from power. That's what they were writing about. But the left is more concerned about the invasion of their privacy. 
rather than rather than the fact that you obviously had a deeply flawed, biased investigation. And again, investigation with respect to Trump into what? At this point, we're just in a, uh, you know, we're just in a phase where we're, we have the media just and CNN and all the left wing media waiting every day to hopefully today's the day we'll find it. We'll find something. We'll get Trump this time. That'll be the end of it. Blah, blah. This is where we are uh, with the media in this country. And this is where we are, um, where we, we have President Trump now. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Is he going to wait till the Christmas break and everyone's not paying attention and fire Mueller? And, and, and honestly, Mueller should be fired and he should step down, but he won't do that. He's just going to stay in the middle of this ongoing witch hunt. But I do think that something should be happening. One is I think we actually have an attorney general who's Republican, uh, Jeff Sessions. And I think Jeff Sessions needs to be more active in getting in the middle of this investigation. And I think calling for investigations of um, Strzok and Page and what their role is, how they where they tainted this investigation. Uh, You could certainly have him looking back again and should have a massive FBI investigation into Hillary Clinton and the steel, you know, a fusion GPS steel dossier. And then ultimately was that dossier used to get uh, warrants issued from the FISA court? These are serious allegations. And I know if you're listening to this, you might be thinking, okay, I listen to your show every week. I know you care about this issue. We've talked about it a lot. And, you know, we are where we are and maybe we have to move on. But the reason we should not move on from that, from this story, is this. This is about whether we have the rule of law in America. It's about whether we insist on a government that follows the law, that is unbiased in its conduct of the investigations, that absolutely applies the same standard that justice is is applied equally to all. If we just surrender to this and say, well, this is how the Democrats roll. They're always after us. And we just say, well, I guess Trump has to tough it out. We're really agreeing to the, to the breakdown of the rule of law in America. And I can't tell you folks, we're not going to like it when we get there. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America. Can we talk? Sadly, we're out of time for this show this week. I do want to encourage you to go to our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can We Talk. Come back every week. Watch us on Facebook and keep in touch with us. We love talking to you every week and talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk. Truth About America. Oh.